Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to our last podcast where, fuck, I don't know, you tell us what we do. Uh, I don't know. So I, I suppose maybe like we should introduce ourselves again to maybe if you're new here, yeah. we need to do an episode on that properly. That's a good idea. But, so this is a platform where someone who has lived a life in arts uh, industries and museums and education, that's Seema, and me. Someone who's, what's our age difference? Like 20? More than I'd like to count. Okay. We don't have to say <laughs> it. But we've got like a, we've got like at least a generational gap between us. Yeah, we have a huge generational gap. I think we, yeah. One and a half? Yeah, we, one and a half, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. I'm in between generations. I'm a zenial. Oh, see, I'm on the, I was like the last year of the millennials. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, we're, yeah, we're kind of like yeah. almost equal. So oh, yeah. A generation between nice. us. And... I am very much kind of establishing myself in the arts industry over here in the northern United States and am kind of we're at opposite ends of the kind of career spectrum, I guess. Correct. And through through TikTok, we found each other. We're nice. both educators. We both love the way that the other person disseminates information. Agreed. I think. Um, Agreed. And I think we like the way each other think and make That's jokes. Right. And we're here because we really We saw, laugh a lot together. Yeah, we do. We do. And I, we're here because we really saw not only a gap in uh, access to arts education and information about navigating the arts as an artist, but we're also here because I think that there's an extraordinary kind of cavernous space between everyday online artistic life and culture and where it gets consumed in a formalized setting. There's a huge time difference. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we were saying in one of our other episodes recently with Joe, our white man of the podcast, that, uh, you know, in the our art captain. world, <laughs> in the art world, you know, we're going to be seeing art about Palestine in four years because it's, you know, these things are planned years and years in advance. Whereas Correct. on the internet, we get to kind of Correct. live and consume together in real time and kind of form an understanding and our own sites of knowledge acquisition on social media, which is one of the reasons that, you know, we love TikTok because it's the closest thing we have to democratized access to information, I guess. Or at least mm -hmm. it could be if they stopped restricting everyone's fucking content. You can't, I did one about Putin that just had 500 views in three hours. I, you know, I posted about unlearning imperialism, got 200 reposts and still is under 6,000 views. Like that shouldn't be happening. That should that video should be at like sixty thousand views at this point. It's um, so broad. I mean, it's just it's very tough. But that's why we love to be here. Yeah. And actually, part of the reason I wanted to do this episode was because I had a, a video that got no views. Mm. Um, but I think the topic is really useful and interesting and helps us understand art and art history. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, somebody who I have accidentally become a stalker of is <laughs> a biblical historian called Dan McClellan. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he does textual analysis. I guess he does translation. I um uh, I guess he, his his field is the 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 way divinity is described in text. I believe mm -hmm. if I'm reading his stuff correctly. Uh, but he had done a video in response to somebody who said, "Well, Jesus was intersex before he was male." Mm. Uh, and uh, one thing Which I, I've never heard before. I I have heard it because as an art historian, I've heard people talk about it, and people yeah. have actually talked asked me about it in tours when I used to do tours. Um, and he did a video. I can't believe I've never heard it. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's 
Well, I, th I think that for some people, I, I think what it is actually, it butts up against people's understanding of how visual culture works. And that's why I thought this would be a very useful yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Dan did a video um, and he, uh, I don't know him. I've never met him. I've never, we're not mutuals. I've mm, never, mm. He's ever, I don't think he, I don't even know if he's ever seen any of my videos. Oh, he has seen one because he, re he forwarded it. But I don't know, like I don't know him at all. But he did a video, which I think like, his video was okay, but I think that he was smart because he said, if you're an art historian, feel free to correct me. Mm. And what I would say is, and I think that's a very smart way to go because he knows, like, I don't, I have to tell you, like, I can use biblical text, but I don't know the original source. I can't read the original sources. Just like an um, acknowledgement that you don't know everything, I think exactly, is really exactly. fucking important when you're putting yeah, out it's, it's any great kind of educational content. Absolutely. And great no matter scholarship. where you're doing it either. Like, Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But I think definitely on a mass media platform like TikTok. So... Mm. What he does is he, um, his video was in response to that, actually, he said, actually, there's two moments where you particularly see Jesus as being both male and female, or neither, as you might think of it. But they're mm. specifically in response to certain political and, you know, m moments in time, which mm. I agree with everything he said. There's nothing wrong with what he said, but I wanted to frame it because I think, so then I'd, somebody had, somebody had tagged me and I, I, that's how I even saw the video. Um, <laughs> and then, um, I, um, then I started following him cause I felt like I kept stitching him cause I, I yeah, studied, yeah, yeah. cause I had originally studied Christian art. So I actually, you know, know a lot of art history of Christianity. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things I think that's important, I think is that what people don't realize and the re thing that I don't think he got at in his video, but I tried to get at mine, which got stuck and had no views. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but we'll put it in the show notes is that actually a, the bigger, like if you zoomed out about all religious art, you have to remember it is functional mm. and it is meant to get at an idea. Yes. And so one of the biggest things we have as a challenge, I think now, particularly in our visually rich media, is that we think that everything, we take things sometimes at face value or we try to make sense of it. So we think like, yeah. oh, what does she look like without that filter? So like we're, yeah. we're, we're seeing Sorry. these images from our world. You, you've, I can see you like looking at me having a moment as well, yeah. because like I'm, I'm just realizing now that there's like a whole kind of like art that exists for the purpose of being interpreted in a singular way, religious that's art. Right. That's right. Yes. That's, that's what, that's where I think, that's the part I think Dan's video didn't say. That what you're doing is- I've never is, thought about that before, sorry. <laughs> yeah, what you're doing is putting the wrong lens on this. Yes. That's what he's, that's what he didn't say, because I think that's something that art historians regularly tell. And the reason I have, I saw it and I was like, dude, I've been there is because I have shown and you actually see um, these images of sort of uh, feminine, what we might call feminized Jesus. Yeah. Particularly like an early Christian art. And one of the things I love about I love early Christian art because mm. they didn't have the rules finalized yet. Mm. So you'll see something like Jesus as Apollo with like the with yeah, an, yeah, yeah, with yeah, a yeah, lamb yeah. over him. So it's yep. like literally you could you couldn't tell if it's Jesus or Apollo. You often had you often had Jesus as Jonah because Jonah's a resurrection story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you know, so like my fucking so like, high Anglican schooling career is coming. That's in right. Handy. Or you'd have <laughs> so like or you would and you would have Jesus as a young man. And so this is where yeah. the intersex comes from because in um in so like in late antiquity, young man 
you know, I think it's also important to know that the world that they were coming out of did not have the gender binary in the way we did. No, not that they did have. They did have. They do. They did have gender. It just was different, right? So, like a young man in late antiquity would be somebody who an older man might have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that he was feminine and he was he was a young man, yeah. Right? He was attractive. Yes. Um, and so like that, 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 that there's all those layers that when we put our frames on that just don't make sense. Yeah. You know, I think a huge thing I often think about like late antiquity in general is that these norms are shifting like, 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 so our Judeo-Christian norms are forming, Mm, mm, but they're mm. forming out of that. And I think that that's something that's very hard for us because we see it and we see somebody who looks, has both feminine and masculine characters. And, but then a lot of you know, gods in late antiquity, Dionysus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, so I think that when you think about Jesus was, Mm. you've got to remember, they weren't saying Jesus was this. He wasn't this young man. He was the, the, the things of that young man. So he could in the same city, in the same moment, be a feminized young man like Dionysus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a masculine young man like Apollo because they wanted to show Jesus as both of those things. Well, also, I, th- I think it's really important to understand that like even in our contemporary context, that's what masculinity can be and often is. Well, that's like, true, too. That's very true, Like too. that's like... That is very true, too. Like, masculinity doesn't exist in, like, one particular kind of way. And, like, I think one of the, if there's anything that we kind of move forward into fucking 2024 with. Because, like, I, when you were telling me about how there's, like, on TikTok and in this cultural space that I was, like, not privy to because I'm in the gay bubble. Like, this, like, mm, like men versus women, you yeah. know, like, boy cat versus girl cat kind yeah. of, like, weird. Like, that's so fucking weird. I, the, the, the need to gender cats is beyond me and to like bring misogyny into the world of pets is really yeah. really strange it's really it's very, really bizarre the, the boy cat girl cat thing is makes me nuts i want to do a video about it but i just can't think, think people have. don't like their fucking pets i know <laughs> i know we were we were telling my children yeah. were telling coco we like you don't listen to them yeah. i was like coco can't speak english feeling um so they understand your love, but like it, there is there is no one way of being within a structure, and to think no, that that's there is right. is so fucking weird. Well, I think it also goes back to our fragments episode. The other yeah, problem we have that's a with fucking great episode. Um, you know, I don't listen to us. <laughs> I know, but I listened. I actually listened back to you some listen. of it. Well, because like yeah. I, you know, when I introduced the pod to these people, like, yes. who are very much in my art world circle, I was like, I need to see how I come across. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I do okay, think like okay. in that great. fragment episode great good good um somebody did say uh, somebody I talked to was like uh, they have a great voice I was like they do uh, uh, thank you I'm hoping to be like my own lesbian icon one day where people are like damn that voice I'm like yeah no, <laughs> uh, that's a good voice good but in that fragments episode one of the things we talk about is a fragment itself you know, you have to fill it in, but mm-hmm. we also have a frag. We have fragments of history. So yes. when we're thinking of early Christian art, we often, and I think that part of the challenge is that that um, Jesus is the new Apollo really is the one that takes off. Yeah. So Jesus, and like even if you look at like Christ triumphants, which is the image, Christ triumphants is Jesus on the cross, but looking out at you. Yeah. Well, my breaking favorite. the fourth wall. 
breaking the fourth wall. That's right. <laughs> she is breaking the fourth wall. Um, it happens to be one of my absolute favorite. Um, uh-huh. uh, well, I also I, I have a lot. I, I shouldn't say that. I have a lot of favorite. Any 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 artist Ryan has a lot of favorite Christian iconographies. You um, kind of worked in that sector for such a long time without. Sorry, Beth the Baker, but yeah, you can't. That's work right. It. That's Sorry. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, I feel bad I, for her. I understand I do her feel point, bad for her. but also I do. like it was. I did a video funny. where I feel bad for her, but I saw. Anyway. Yeah, but oh, anyway, shit. but like I love Christ Triumphants, but that comes straight out of Apollo, mm-hmm. right? Like so that you know, and so I think that what actually is happening on some level is you're seeing what what you see with Jesus is that you often see if you see one of the ones that doesn't take off, mm. you think, oh, it's like a conspiracy. The church is hiding when it's mm. not. Mm-hmm. It's that. I do think that the church, when they were working on tech and visuals, they were seeing which one was the most powerful way to make the text come out, right? Mm, mm, Christ mm. is the word made flesh. Yes. And images are what make sure that flesh goes keeps going, that people understand it. Mm. And so you can see that like an idea of Christ's triumphants mm-hmm. would resonate. He's looking back at you. <laughs> like, you know? And then you can also see that Apollo would resonate yeah. because as the norms of gender change and you have no longer this sort of idea of masculinity in that way mm. and masculinity changes, this one resonates more with newer audiences. Mm, mm. And I think that that's really important. And the other thing that comes up, and I think this is the other thing that Dan talks about, but I would even highlight more is that as society changes the imagery has to change with it Mm. and so even if the meaning is the same like the idea the christ triumphants actually ends up not you don't see him like later he like stops being he's dead on the cross right Mm -hmm. his his crucifixion his suffering becomes the thing yeah um particularly like you know i mean part of it is the schism between the eastern or what we now call the eastern orthodox church and the catholic church Mm -hmm. but it's also that like the rise of the black death i mean people are just dying right so like yeah like you know, like, and this is also like the rise of like Ma- Marian imagery, and you know, like the Im- the uh, the Virgin, like the Miser- Misericordia, and all uh-huh. this. Is- Sorry, but- it's snowing. So my Australian ass is like, ah, <laughs> it's snowing here too. But I'm not thinking. <laughs> and so that um, I think the biggest takeaway from this segment that you should think about is that remember to try to. It's very hard, but putting our lens on it discounts your understanding of the art. Mm. And, you know, like, I think that there are definitely times where the church, where you want to know the, where knowing the history helps you understand how the church uh, manipulated people. Yeah. So, like, like my always example is Thecla equal to the apostles was a saint who was very popular, like, in Antioch. So in the Levant, in what we mm. now call the Levant, in, in Syria and in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And, um, but... People had such, and this happens very often with female saints, the venerations became so big, they like booted them out, mm-hmm. right? Or they decreased their importance. Yeah. Or like, so like, it is not that the church is is not um, complicit often in making changes that are very political. It's just that they're not all, like, they're <laughs> yeah. not all of them are. Sometimes they're just not. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where, like, when you're coming up with new ones, like Christ was secret, it was secretly intersex, you, you'd be better served by finding, there's plenty, plenty that you could actually find. Yeah, yeah. There's no need to make up new ones. That's what I'm saying. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. summary of this. Mm-hmm. Go back to the source, try to understand what the source is trying to say mm. and who they're talking to, and you will understand the art better. 
Yeah. Yeah. I still can't believe that I have never like heard this in any kind of like cultural religious like space, especially like because I spend a lot of time consuming queer content online. Well, that's the other thing. If you're the only, and then when I saw this, I've actually heard it because I've had somebody in, I I, I worked with a figure that sort of looked, that was yeah. of this genre. And so I, um uh, and so I had, I had had a number of people say this to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I, but if you are the, if you're like one of seven people who've heard this, then maybe it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just guessing, just guessing. <laughs> like, if the queer community hasn't picked this one up, I kind of figure, like, hmm. Well, I think it's really interesting. Is um, I think a, a number of people, a lot of scholars, talk about him being ace or gay. Yeah, and that's a very common. Those are two that very yeah. common things. But like, I mean, so like, us queer people do have a tendency to cavort with sex workers. So. Right, right, <laughs> or right. Or be so sex like, workers. So yeah. Right, I mean, like, so I, I've, I've heard those reads. Mm -hmm. um in scholarship and stuff yeah but like those are like the more people who talk about it the more likely it could have some resonance i mean how many men do you know who wash other men's feet <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know a lot of men like i don't know i don't know men in general so i don't Me know <laughs> I was I'm thinking. The arts. About, I was thinking I'm about the this, arts. And I was just. I only like, know. I, I only know one straight man. I have. Oh no, I know more than that, but not very many. <laughs> it's the fact that like every single one of my sister's boyfriends has been terrified of me, and like even after like nine years, my, my poor sister's partner, he's like, "Can you send me TikToks? Like, can we? Can we?" And I'm like, "Maybe." Oh, <laughs> no! I do just want to be friends. He wants to be friends, but also like you have to work extraordinarily hard to get my respect when you're a man. I'm sorry, but that's, that's right. just that's just the that's way right. it is. That's right. All right. So let's put an end to this episode. So I think that in general, what I would say the summary to this segment is mm -hmm. that when you're thinking about art, and particularly mm -hmm. religious art, you have to understand it was created to be understood in a specific way. Yes. With like one interpretation, right? With one interpretation. They it's were not bonkers. looking. They are the opposite. If you listen to our Saltburn episode, they're the mm. opposite of that. Mm. They do not want thought. They don't want your like creative, you know, so they don't want that. They don't want that stuff. They want you to think X. Mm -hmm. Partly because oftentimes you would have multiple images in the same time period about the same figure. Mm -hmm. Right? And like you can, I mean, think about just in a church itself, you could have you know, the Stations of the Cross. Yep, yep. Right, like in a church, how many images of Jesus in a contemporary church are there? So many. Right, and like he's doing different things. He's on the Sermon on the Mount. He's like getting his feet washed. He's doing this, he's doing that. He's so, putting his stigmata on display. Right, right. So <laughs> like, they got a lot, right? So yeah. like you have to think about that. And it's important to remember that if you are using visuals, you can't, you can't add your contemporary, you can add your contemporary read, sure. But you have to know that that's not canonical. Yeah. That doesn't prove anything. Yeah, it proves yeah, that yeah, you yeah. feel this. It does not prove that they felt that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your feelings can't be facts in this context. Yeah. Sorry. That's right. That's that. That's a great ending. Yeah. Good catch, bud. <laughs> Fuck. Guys, February Sima just 12th. saved us from a content fail. Good job. <laughs> February 12th. So to kind of change the topic, um, but yeah. to still think about uh, gender and sexuality, I wonder, Sophie, what do you think about the thing? And it's kind of, I feel like it's calmed down a little bit, but in the last year, there were a lot of people who said, oh my God, the algorithm thinks I'm a lesbian. 
the algorithm knows. Sorry. Um, <laughs> say more. Say more. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, listen, all I'll say is it's an interest-based algorithm. You're responsible for your own FYP. But I think in the absolute chaos of the last year, which I was not super privy to, right? Like this is something that you were more involved in, which was the weird binary f like shit fights between like masculine and feminine and men and women and like the girl cat boy cat thing which is like i just don't think okay can we talk like about that pets. for a second yes yes can we, we talk can. about girl cat and boy cat this is yes that, like this drives so me I, fucking crazy it drives me nuts so like i grew up with a main coon who was a boy oh he was a best he was best i begged big, my mom for a big boy coon. oh he was a big boy he was a gift when, like Aww. some some girl gave me chicken pox and to apologize she dropped off a kitten my mother was like, whoa, I have a kid with chicken pox and a kitten. Um, but we loved that cat. He lived a very long time. What was his but name? His his name was really not a great name. Uh, his name was Cat, which in Hindi is Billu. <laughs> no, I love that. It's Billy, like his name is his name is Billy, Cat. I was it's four. like whenever I meet a dog called four. Dog, I'm like, yes. His name was Cat. I think people didn't understand because we often called him Bill. So they thought his name was Bill, but I his name it. was Billy or Billu. It's like when you do a diminutive, you add a U. So um, his name was Cat. Mm -hmm. I was four. I pointed out. Um, <laughs> but we loved him quite dearly. And um, but and he was very like he was very sweet and snuggled. Like I, he was big. I, I was little. Main so are very, very affectionate. They're very, very affectionate, affectionate, very loyal. But Very like, snuggly. I don't think it was his gender because we have a not make a regular cat now. I don't know, stray something. I don't know. I don't know. American short, American short hair. We yeah. call her domestic short um, hair. Domestic short hair. But she is very affectionate. She likes to sleep next to my head, and then in the in the night, kind of uh, what we call sand uh, sandpaper our skin because she mm -hmm, licks you, mm -hmm. and like she's very affectionate. And she Coco. is a she, but she's affectionate. Yes, we all know Coco appears sometimes here. Uh, sometimes she'll peek into the screen when we're recording. She always sits with me in the office. She like loves she so loves sweet. us all. Right? I just so, think like, that there's like a weird level of misogyny. Why are we doing that? Yeah, like, it was like a really saying? really bizarre. Over and, and like you had cats? From did you have women? girl cats or only boy cats? I grew up with only boy cats. I've only uh -huh. ever had boy cats, but like my wifey in Australia has a girl cat. Her name is Nadi. She's called Big mm, Fat she's Nadi. She's, 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 so... she's a full figured lady. <laughs> well, yeah. Is it mostly hair though? No. She looks like she has a thick coat too. No, well, she's she's no, no. <laughs> She's just a chubby girl. Oh. But she was oh. like in an environment hey. where there were lots of other pets. There was lots of food available Choco and she was neglected. Coco is not, Coco's got a full ass belly. Yeah. She was, her. she was like, she's a very oh, emotional, yeah. very affectionate girl who like all she wants to do is cuddle. And yeah. she spent eight, nine years yeah, not getting the affection she wanted. It's such horrible. A sad story. And it now, makes me sad to think It makes it. me sad too. But like my sister did pet sitting for Marion. Uh -huh. And Nadi stayed with my sister, and my sister was like, uh -huh. wow, this cat is, like, the most unafraid to ask for affection. Like, she just knows what she wants, and she'll take it. Uh, and, like, uh, all she wants to do is just sit with you, eat yeah. snacks off your plate, and uh, cuddle. That's all she wants. So Coco is two of those three. She doesn't know about human snacks. Oh, don't she teach her know. about it. We're not teaching her. No, I told no. these children because we ruined our dog. Pixie is often in these episodes yeah. and the girls were really little. She, the Pixie is an old dog. So the girls grew up with her mm -hmm. and, and then like, I'm terrible mm, with dogs. Mm, I'd feed mm. them. I grew up, growing up, I fed my dogs. My parents fed my dogs. So we're yeah. just bad. Bad it's pet a crust. That they, that's their tax. Oh my God. And the I was saying tax. this, 
No, it is so like, and um, a friend of mine's dad always called them pizza bones, which <laughs> also feels like, but yeah. she, at any kind, our dog, any kind of hard carb, mm, bagels, mm. pizza. Goes nuts, right? Nuts. Yeah. Nuts for it. But, but I, I think the I point mean, is- I mean, girl, same. <laughs> Uh, but I think the point about this is that we're adding misogyny where, where it doesn't, doesn't need to be. Need to be. My right? God, like, like these relax, cats. Guys. Did we ever think about boy cats and girl cats until this th- TikTok thing? I think some people clearly just fucking hate women so much that they have been thinking about it like this. But like, oh. But it's... I think it's really different than the lesbian thing. I think like so like the girl cat and boy cat thing. <laughs> the is lesbian something... thing is like a bunch of like questioning women who are probably bi went yeah oh my god it's bi it's bi women right well and it's also just like seeing through real time in these kind of cultural movements that happen on tiktok you realize just how much men fucking hate women and then you see the content i do do think for the tiktok thing it is also a group of women who i mean i think there's a few creators and I, i don't actually even know their names who found very early that they could um make money off of women who are realizing they were bi. Um, and so there's hello, a couple of Melissa creators. the laundry lesbian. She was the first woman I found yes. in that kind of circle, right? She was doing Wait. she's Canadian. And Is she, she the d- one who does laundry? She was like but she only sits and talks about laundry. Was she also hot? She's like a like a kind of butch mask kind of style. There's a few of them. She was the first one I found. She does like cleaning tips. Yeah. And I know. she's really, really, really good at folding laundry. And yeah. she is what the internet refers to as a laundry lesbian. Yeah, I had yeah, an awakening yeah. through this woman that I think I'm a laundry lesbian. <laughs> like, Really? Yeah, I love... What's a laundry lesbian? You're like someone who, like, you keep a tidy house. Not that my house is oh. tidy, but, like, when you are servicing oh, the women you love around you, right? Oh. You do the laundry, you keep things tidy. This is what I mean about, like, being a domestic She's definitely gay. not my type. Um, Mine either. I- because I don't mean, I, but on any level, because I definitely don't want to read about. I do. She's, she seems like a very nice woman. Yeah, um, she's got but, kids. She does like great. Yeah, she seems very nice, but I have never watched her because neither I do. I find I mean, visual. She's not like she's not she's not drawing me. But most importantly, I never think about laundry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I, I have. I know who she is. It's not that I don't think she's hot. It's just that I find laundry really tedious. That's exactly it. That's exactly what I'm trying to yes. say. Yes. So I have never uh. once, never once watched a video. I watched part of one where she said, stop with pretending to make your own laundry detergent. And I really loved the tone of voice she used for that. And that's the only one I've ever seen. But like the idea of watching like clean talk, see, this all is, of that oh. world is, is another world see, for me. See, this is why so, we work I don't know, well oh, as co-hosts so because this is my jam. This is my jam. I, I love know. this shit. Laundry lesbians want to keep a clean home. I think it's more just like it's about being domestic, you know? Um, it's like, oh, maybe maybe we're getting into some theory here. Because, you know, there's this idea that, like, domesticity for women is so inherently as, like, a service to men, right? Like, it's this kind of form of femininity that exists to make a man's life easier. And yeah. I think that, like, laundry lesbians and, like, domestic oh. gays and, like, sourdough lesbians and cottagecore oh, lesbians. Oh, I love like, all, the, the other ones I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. The, but, like, the, they're, all, they're all one and the same. They're yeah. all part of the same culture, which is, like, yeah. oh, man, do I have to write it's, about it's this? It's like the homesteading lesbians. I was telling some, somebody called 
some journalist called me about um about like trad wives because of some video i did yes and i was like i would be careful though because they can also be the homesteading lesbians right it's a like fine line it's a fine, it's a fine they line look the same like I you know, have to like no like you better double check like because it could go check for a septum ring gang. Yeah. <laughs> no but it's true so like i think no but the septum ring has gone oh straight people such have a marker it. oh straight it's people used have to be it. like I met I a guy on the plane to Melbourne when I went last yeah. year and he had a septum ring and I was like, oh, are you queer? He was like, no, I just have this piercing. And I was like, so why are you queer signaling? <laughs> <laughs> to a fucking stranger, I was like, why are, you, why are you queer signaling? That's a bi signal. I don't understand why you would do that if you're not queer. And he was just like, I thought it looked cool. And I was like, oh, it's happened. It, it totally. Fucking totally, disgrace. Totally. Thanks for appropriating our culture, you fuckos. I know, so, I know. It really confuses me when I see them. And I'm like, what? What are you wearing? He was oh, very sweet and very kind, just naive. Oh. Um, it's just changed, right? So yeah. I, w I don't know. I think the straight girl to like lesbian pipeline. <laughs> I think that I don't think actually I do think most of them were actually didn't were bi girls to lesbians, right? Well, like. It also right, kind like, of happened around the time of weaponized incompetence, right? And I saw a lot of oh, comments of women who yes. were like, holy shit, I'm leaving this thing that's like so abusive. I didn't realize I was yes. being taken for a ride. And then you see this content. You see the content of these women who just live. They live on their fucking knees to service their wife because they genuinely love women yeah. in a way that men just yeah, I see don't. That. They just I see that. don't love women in the same way. And it's That's like true. when you see That's those true. butch lesbians who are like, babe, why would you take your well, own suitcase to the car? I think I there's a understand. lot of boys who just don't even think women are human. Absolutely not. Absolutely right? not. Yeah. Absolutely not. They don't. Yeah. It's not even that they don't. They just like they don't see them as human. Like I see a lot of videos. Well, you're an NPC to them. Yeah, absolutely. Which is my most hated yeah. I mean, like the, the there's year. that guy, that Canadian professor, Professor Neil, who just like does all he does other stuff too, but he largely stitches those manosphere freaks. Mm. Yep, and he does a great job. <laughs> um, he's very fu he's very funny. Uh, I think he and I are probably the same age, so we have like a lot of the same. I also like mm -hmm. I think I follow a lot of people who are my age because we have this like I the way that they talk sort of resonates for me. Yeah. but he is so funny. But I don't know how he watches those videos. I don't know how he watches the original to stitch it because these bros are so ridiculous. And they're, the, but the summary of it is I don't think women are human. Well, yeah. But I think, and then on the other side of it, it's also like the comp het, and I will say the Am I a Lesbian Master Doc is very biphobic. It was like written by a teenager. Yes. It's a problematic yes. document that exists in the world. Yes. I'm not going to say that it's where you should start. But it is an interesting kind of thing to really sit back and like, this is one of the things that I've been processing for the last 20 fucking years, which yeah. is like, I'm not romantically attracted to men. I'm just not. I yeah. don't get on with them emotionally. I don't see myself being able to build a life with a man. Yeah. For, my, yeah. for a really long time, I was like, oh, I'll live with my best friend and I'll just have sex with other people. No, dude, you're a fucking lesbian. Like, and then my best friend, right? She had a partner who like moved across the world for her. He ended up coming out as a trans girl. I had a partner who ended up coming out as a trans boy. We live these like weird parallel lives. But she's very much in the like toxically independent girlfriend to lesbian pipeline, which is like, <laughs> you're in a relationship with a man. You're like, I don't need to be around you. Like I can be by myself. I'm okay. And then when you, you're with a woman, you're like, I got to be with my girl every day like it's this 
It's so interesting that we knew it's a compulsive guy, heterosexuality. It's terrible. It's we knew a guy whose girlfriend basically never needed to talk to him, and we were like, <laughs> maybe she doesn't like you. <laughs> like, maybe that's the problem. Maybe she just doesn't like you. Like, and he <clears> was that's so a lesbian. Proud of him. Yeah, exactly. And he was so proud of himself that he was doing a relationship. Oh, I have a, a girlfriend who's not a, needy. That's right. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. I'm she's not the like the other girls. I get my cake and eat she's it too. She's not like the other girls. And no, I'm like, that's she right. Totally she's not like the other girls. She's not like the other girls. <laughs> like, you're right. She, you, what you mean to say is she likes the other girls. <laughs> like, Ooh, a very important distinction. <laughs> Listen, it is, a, it is also an extraordinarily painful experience to kind of realize that well, however many years or decades you've been living that could have been something different, the amount of fucking intense, intense friendships where, like, boundaries have been blurred from the time I was, like, 13 years old, right? I had these, like, super intense dynamics with girls that I met where, like, we would meet up every Friday afternoon and, like, hold hands and they'd tell me about their trauma and, like, you know, it, like, how much have I been the same person my entire life? It's actually kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Most <laughs> but, people are. I know, Most I know. Are. But, like, it's, and it's kind of funny how, like, you know, I went to an all-girls school. I slept with my friends, but I didn't consider mm -hmm. that to be sex because we weren't no. told that was sex. Right, right. I was friends with all of the open lesbians to the point where I had teachers who were like, you are making some of the staff uncomfortable with your familiarity. But... <laughs> Hi, Anglican all girls school, so you know, like, it makes sense. But like, it's a really, really tangled web of kind of discovering that, like, even your female friends, like the women in your life, like, do you remember that video of the girl who was like taking my best friend flowers to upstage her boyfriend? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, I was, I remember like, oh, I don't oh. think you're best friends. No, no, that's not what that it's is. It's a canon event. No one can tell her. Um, I know exactly. Hmm. But don't worry, a million people did in the comments. <laughs> oh, so, but this is what I'm talking about, right? Like you have yeah. this genuine love and compassion and like you want to be around these people and you like being around these people and you're confused why you like being around these people. Well, I think that this is where like the TikTok algorithm, you know, to go back to where we started in the segment, but mm -hmm. I think what it does is for some people it offers clarity, right? Because they're seeing yeah. what they, because it succeeds by showing you what you need, right? Like, I don't think there has been a British Museum joke, you know, from our last episode mm. that I have not seen, that has not no, come to my no. feed. It is oh there. Oh my God, and the amount of like fucking Yiddish under the tunnel jokes I'm fucking getting now is oh unbelievable. We should have had Isabella, uh, Interstellar Isabella on an episode because oh. that is just crazy shit. I'd love to talk about that. But okay. I think the point is make, that you're saying that because you're thing. in that region. You're in yes. that area, right? Yes. So like, and I'm getting it too because I happen to be in a largely Jewish neighborhood. But I think that one of the things that is important is that the algorithm succeeds by bringing you what you didn't know you needed. Well, see, but and that's, it's either like the right wing to like spiritual talk to right wing pipeline or you're on the leftist to bisexual pipeline. Like those are the two. Right. <laughs> kind right. Of main those ones. are two big ones. Yeah. Two big ones. But, but I think so what like it's where doing take is you in that initial it's just fork. taking your interest, right? It's yeah. like where what you looked at longer. Mm hmm. And I think what it does is it takes something incipient in you, which is something we as young people didn't have, right? And so, mm. and I think so for a lot of people who didn't have this in youth, who are adults, unlike kids who had so many options and so much knowledge, they can be themselves a little bit younger. Oh my God, but I'm so jealous. I was like a few years out of that age, yeah. age range, right? Like I was maybe yeah. five years out of being a part of that generation who could just be. Yeah. And it has tortured me. <laughs> 
Well, let, let us end with Sophie's torture. I think that, but when you are, I do think, I think like for us, it's not, I mean, it's neither tortured. I mean, I, I don't know if it's tortured, the listeners, mm. um, but I think for a lot of us, we had a lot in us that we just didn't know existed. And then mm. this, it comes to us in the algorithm and it's, and it, it speaks to us. And because it speaks to us, we look longer and then we yeah. basically get more and more of it. And then it helps us make our decision. We're being manipulated by TikTok friends. I know, but I find it, I just find it incredibly fascinating how it's just, I find in terms of like visual media and like imagery studies and how like imagery can shape desire and what we find like worthy of our attention, like the shit I talk about all the time in terms of how photo functions, like is the basic function of this app. Oh, it's wild. I just, there's a reason I love to rot on TikTok. (laughs) What a perfect place to end this episode. I am Seema. Yeah. And you can find me at Artlust, A-R-T-L-U-S-T. Mm-hmm. I'm Sophie and you can find me. I'm going to switch it up this week. You can find me on Instagram at Sophie Chalk Studio if you would like to see higher res versions of my art that aren't up on the screen for 0.5 seconds. Or you can follow me on TikTok where you can see how I talk about the world. Well, you can and join things. the and you can join the to lesbian pipeline. <laughs> well, I was never straight when I came onto this app. Let's be real. Um, no, I meant by looking at you. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Boy, fuck, I didn't even think about being consumed. Oh, no. But we talked about it in one of the episodes. That's what made me say Oh, no. It, it was the, from the January 29th episode. I know. <laughs> And I was thinking Go back and listen to men. that episode and you want to get that joke. I was like, ew, being consumed by men, that's so gross. And now I'm like, being con- being consumed by women? Okay. But, you know that Britney Broski meme where it's like, hmm? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. And um, also, can, we you have. You can find a- me at Darkroom Vomit, B A I, my auntie. That's right. And we have a Discord. So you can share articles yeah. and things that interest you. Is that just you. Artlust? It is artless. I don't know how to get there. We'll put it in the show notes, though. I have the link somewhere. Uh, We'll figure that puppy out. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Shit.